Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Die Hard Minute, where every day, Monday through Friday, Movies by Minutes hosts talk about one minute of this movie, the 1988 John McTiernan directed movie, Die Hard. I'm Jonathan of the Princess Bride Minute and future UHF 62nd. I'm Steve Lasto, of also of the Princess Bride Minute and of X Minutes. I am David Johnson. I am not of the Princess Bride Minute, but uh, you can look me up on IMDb at David Michael Johnson and see all the uh, movies that I've worked on that you will not be able to find a copy of. It's a pretty, it's a pretty <laughs> geeky crowd, man. <laughs> so consider the gauntlet thrown if anybody wants to try and find some of these things. <laughs> <laughs> so here we are, minute one twenty-two. That starts with John dropping his gun. Mm-hmm. Oh no! And it ends. John dropping his gun. This is a fun minute. Last minute was uh, a lot of posturing. This one, this one uh, brings it down. Uh, there's a lot in this minute. There's a lot to unpack for me. Uh, anyways, just in this, the very first few seconds, the way that he drops that gun <laughs> is bizarre uh, to me. I don't know if there's anything that's uh, happened uh, previously in the movie that would explain such a bizarre um, gesture. That that's uh going back to last minute. I, that that was my Jesus moment. Like he's he's all he's beat up. He's all bloody. Just the way he drops it, and his arms are kind of out. He's just like oh, just like giving up. <laughs> I can see that. I also thought maybe he might be dropping uh, Mr. Glass and Unbreakable Two. Um, <laughs> it's just it's very it's a very weird. Uh, maybe he's dropping the beat. I don't know. It's a it's a nice bit of posturing, and the Jesus thing came to mind to me as well. Well, the Jesus the Jesus thing just keeps going because uh, John drops his gun, and Eddie grabs his gun, and then we hear uh, Alan Rickman shout, nine, this is mine," or "Yeah, nine, Jesus, mine." I you know, <laughs> Jesus, Jesus just kept popping up in there. <laughs> I think it's this is this is mine. Yeah, that makes sense. I think it's just it's funny though. It's it's funny to watch these minutes over and over, and then one of those times watch these minutes just kind of paying attention to Eddie. He just doesn't really do anything. Well, he doesn't follow orders because if if uh, Alan Rickman is saying this is mine, you know, I'm I'm going to deal this situation. Eddie still reinserts himself into the situation when they all start laughing. He feels like he's enough of a part of this to participate in this bizarre uh, group laugh that starts happening. That's what I'm talking about because that's that's funny too. Like when he starts laughing, he does that he does that whole stoogey thing where he doesn't seem to really know what he's laughing about. Huh. He's just like, uh uh-huh, yeah, me too. Is there a history to this group laughing thing that goes on here? Because you see this in different movies where everybody's sort of all laughing at a joke that's not the same joke before, you know, before somebody pulls a, a quick one on the on the bad guy. Or the good usually the bad guy. Um but it's kind of a it's kind of a trope, but I don't know where it comes from. Uh, I don't either. Uh, I'm wondering if it comes from High Noon. I'm, I've not seen that, but I do have some notes on that. On High Noon? High Noon, yeah. Uh, we've said so many different names now. Oh, Hans. Okay, so Hans <laughs> is talking to John. Hans makes that little Western reference about John Wayne, and then John corrects him, and then Hans is like, no more jokes. Like, you just ruined my jokes, so no more jokes. <laughs> I know he's also the bad guy, and he's tired of John, like always wisecracking and, and ruining his plans. But it, it's funny that Hans just made a joke, and then and then John ruins it. He's like, "Okay, that no more jokes." So Gary Cooper and Grace Kelly from High Noon, nineteen fifty-two. Uh, I, I don't know if it played into this at all, but Cooper's character in that movie is Will Kane. Will Kane, John McClane 
Are you um are you suggesting some sort of ring theory here between um High Noon and Die Hard? <laughs> yeah, I mean they obviously keep inserting this Western theme. I don't so I don't know if they actually kinda took took some cues from that and made the names not too dissimilar. I wonder if you're a um European criminal of an Eastern European criminal of Hans's vintage, if you learned about America through old Westerns primarily. That was one of your big prisms. Hmm. I don't know. I, I would. I've never been a Eastern European learning about America. <laughs> not yet. No, not yet. Don't limit yourself, Jonathan. That's right. <laughs> someday, someday. So, so talking about that, I know that there are different ways. So, people learn about from TV, and so Western keeps coming up. But also, especially in the eighties, you know, there's a lot of uh, music culture. So John says that Hans could made a, could have made a good cowboy or something, and Hans is like, oh, yeah, what's that thing you said to me that one time? And so here, Steve, you were asking if we ever got the line. Well, we don't get, we don't get John's version of the line, but we get Hans' version of the this line. This is the better version, I think. <laughs> yeah, except that in his German accent, does he not know what the swear words are? Because he, he kind of, like, rolls them all together. You know, the, the, the accents that we're used to, or not not the accents, but the accentuations aren't there. I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a very, that, that word is, I know you're going to bleep me out, so what's the point in saying it, right? <laughs> um, but mother is, is a very peculiar, peculiarly American um, swear word. The building of that word is, is, very, is a very American thing. Um, I, I wonder if, if, it, if, it's, if it's just, disdain for being brought down to hit to our level in this case <laughs> it could be i've i've worked with uh, several um french people uh that don't use that uh they'll they'll say other like mother father uh, i worked with a frenchman that said mother father all the time um they, they really shy away from that at least the the handful of french people that i've worked with um who are also not eastern european so this is possibly a, a terrible example for me to bring up <laughs> <laughs> no, you can you can Not take on the close. French. It's okay. <laughs> There's no French people here. <laughs> I, there was there was a book I once read talking about like sort of white flight from Brooklyn in the 1950s and 60s, and how that word was very central in some ways to that was very sig- signifying of like the the change in Brooklyn. You know, um, it was very closely identified with the cultural shift. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a weird word. I mean, there's no, I don't think any other curses like that. So I did some research and not that I know German at all, but, uh, I did find that there is a word. Let's see if I can butcher this properly. Um, Motorradfahrer, which is German for motorcyclist. So maybe what Hans is really saying is that he is a cowboy, but on a steel horse, he rides. And oh boy! So maybe, so maybe this Gruber is a huge Bon Jovi fan. Maybe that's how he learned about the American culture. I'm gonna, I'm gonna second that for sure. That's what, definitely what's happening. <laughs> it's worth mentioning the time Die Hard came out. Bon Jovi was probably the biggest band in America. Yeah, uh, Dead so. or Alive came out in 1986, <laughs> so a couple of years before the movie came out. So it, it works. Steve, are you suggesting that Bon Jovi has somehow diminished in in the ellipse time? <laughs> <laughs> you know what's terrifying is I, I live in New York, and what's terrifying is just how prominent Bon Jovi has managed to maintain a presence in New Jersey and New York in some ways. Um, is, is Bon Jovi? I thought uh, the boss was the New Jersey guy. 
he oh, Bruce Springsteen certainly is, and, and if you wanted to go with who's the New York guy, it's probably Billy Joel. But you know, John Bon Jovi's like he's stuck around. He's he's you know he'll be the king of New Jersey when Bruce Springsteen dies. Hmm. Strange thing to say. Yeah, I thought that was going to uh, be Tony Soprano. I don't think he made it out of that diner. Ooh, I think he did. Don't stop believing, Steve. <laughs> I hated I hated that ending. Just hated it. Can we uh back up a little bit before this uh dialogue exchange? Um I sure. just it's very weird to me that Brucey uh kind of puts his hands behind his head. Sorry, John McLean, is that the character's name? Brucey's yes, fine. John McLean. Bru- yeah, Brucey. <laughs> Brucey's fine, please. Okay. Um <laughs> Sheriff Nottingham did not tell him to put his hands up and he's not even putting his hands up. He's putting his hands behind his head, um, you know, which is a, a, a thing that police instruct people to do, which I, I, I think I've picked up that he's a police officer of, or some kind of law enforcement. Oh, yeah. Very yeah. good. OK, so, you know, he does this move like putting his hands behind his head which is um you know usually another police officer will approach you from behind and and take one hand we've all seen it in the movies take one hand down and cuff it and then the other hand so you know it's a common thing for him to think to do but this uh eastern european gentleman um you know the voice of marvin he has no reaction to bruce voluntarily putting his hands behind his head and it's also strange too because uh you know when when the police um ask you to do that they ask you to also interlace your your fingers together and you can clearly see in the clip that um you know he's just kind of has his hands resting behind his head they're not interlaced together like in the way that they would be the way that a police officer would ask you to do it so it's weird that he's chosen to do this action you know in his own mind and his prep obviously he's had this plan um you know when he confronts him um and so it's it's very strange to me that he thought yeah i'm gonna just put my hands behind my head because that gets me to a which is close to where i need to be to grab this gun spoilers um but uh it's weird to me that he just thought alan rickman is is totally gonna have no problem i don't know there you know what i'm saying there's there's zero reaction from him we don't really see based on what we even said last minute we don't really see a lot of reactions from anybody well, at least between John and Hans, they both have their own plans. So we kind of see both of them enacting their own plans, but they're not necessarily reacting to what each other is doing. I guess Eddie has some reactions, but even then he's still kind of like, what? Eddie has the biggest grin <laughs> in his face when the bullet goes through his head. I just happened to pause <laughs> on 59 seconds. I know. It's so it's so weird. I think there's like actually a couple little cutbacks, but I can't tell if that's the way the minutes break down because it's like the end of one minute, the beginning of the other. Um, but yeah, it's 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 actually kind of funny to watch over and over. You know, your point about about there not being any reactions um, speaks to how quickly this is resolved. It's almost like the first, the last hour of the movie has been the re- last hour and a half of the movie has been the reaction, and this is sort of the end of the action yeah like it's sort of like that like it's sort of it can't it counterpoints by just being so bang bang you know yeah and this this gets into like that movie thing of like okay so are we seeing this in real time or are we seeing you know when you when you start seeing different angles different shots is is some of this overlapping because it does seem like there's some time for somebody to react because he shoots hans first 
And then it seems like it seems like if Eddie was kind of on top of his game that he would have had to do something. Or well, it almost seems like Eddie might have been able to see what was going on, maybe from that angle. Sheriff of Nottingham told him to stand down. This is not his thing. He's not gonna shoot back. This is That's true. Yeah. I'll tell you this much. I've been trying for the last minute to pull a gun out of my back the way John McClain does. I can't reach like that. <laughs> yeah. This is the physics of, of this minute all around are pretty remarkable um it, it, there is uh tape it's like duct tape is it I don't, I don't know like uh it looks packing like it tape. is like uh christmas wrapping tape but it's or packing tape maybe packing, it's like packing, packing tape. tape but it's yeah. around the uh grip of the gun so that your hand would not be able to enclose around that grip i can't argue that part of it but what i do like is the tape that's on the the muzzle they actually follow that through for the whole action. If you watch as he pulls it, that tape is hanging off the gun the whole time. Like, well, that's cool. At oh, least as, they... he, as he shoots, it's still there? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I see. It seems like the music underneath the shot is sort of Christmas bells. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah the jingle bells keep coming in as tension. They they do that in coming minutes, too. Yeah, I think, I think, that's, um, I think that's kind of awesome. <laughs> so this is before our minutes, but when he saw that Christmas tape... Yeah, uh, it wasn't it wasn't the bells and stuff, but they do like a little Christmas jingle. And I caught and that. So I I think it's kind of fun now that uh, when they show us again behind his back that it's more Christmas music. And I like that the tape, like right across the part of the tape that you can see going right across the the handle of the gun, it says greetings. Mm-hmm. It's also got a little like holly that, on there. Yeah, it's <laughs> like that can't that can't be accidental. I'm sure someone did that on purpose. Some PA had to cut hundreds of different pieces of length of tape until it got just right. <laughs> I like to think of directors like, no, 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 it has to be Christmas tape. We have to drill home the point. This is a Christmas movie, damn it. Do we think that there is a back double for Brucey here? Or did Bruce endure the hardship of having this taped to his own back? <laughs> it wasn't taped on very long. You know, Bruce was not Bruce Willis was not that much of an actor when this. Um, I mean, he was he was he was a good actor, but I mean, he wasn't he wasn't that well established when this movie came out. He pretty much had moonlighting to his name and not much else. This was a big uh, a big break for him, which is my way of saying I think he taped it to his own back. Well, certainly somebody taped it there for him. I mean, yeah. you know, in real, not in the, in the movie, obviously, he taped it himself. Well, actually, that would have been amazing if in the movie he would have taken time to find somebody to tape a gun to his back. <laughs> He has to like find one of the dead guys and like rub it on him a little bit. Like here, could you take? Could you take a tape? You could, you know, maybe with a tape gun you could somehow do that. But then he would still have to find somebody or find a mirror at least. Does it say greetings? Can you read greetings? And you can see season beginning, sort of near where it ends. So he would have had to have checked that in the mirror to make sure that you know that joke would have come off. <laughs> I like that little voice in the back of it says, like, no one's going to see this except you. And he's like, I know. <laughs> this will be so Doesn't cool. Matter. I'll tell them later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this will be the story that I tell my friends. And I did this. <laughs> you took them both down with your last two bullets? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the tape said greetings. Guys, guys, guys. The oh, tape was still fluttering on the barrel of the gun. It was so cool. As cool as that may be, though, I still the 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 timing that he has enough time to do this, um, and like you said, Steve, uh, putting a gun on your back. I was trying to think of anybody else in movies that wears a gun on their back, and really, all I can come up with is Ash from the Evil Dead series. That's a whole shotgun, so you know, that, that's holstered, though, isn't it? Yeah, I think they probably see that. Yeah, exactly. 
physically it just seems very very hard but i could sort of see the tape gunning of it being doable i just i mean bruce Willis might be more stretchy than me good for him well is that a a, a yoga is that part of the regular police training <laughs> yeah, what, what you taping? don't know is 1988 the nypd was doing massive amounts of yoga <laughs> <laughs> most people think it was cocaine it was actually yoga <laughs> I just like since all these guys in this room well Eddie's whatever but since these two guys have their plans they have their ideas the the little secrets of what they're going to do and what they want to do I think it's funny that Holly's just in the middle of it and especially when they start laughing she's just like what is going on but she has no trouble uh, interpreting his order um, you know later on uh, when he goes to fire she knows exactly where to move. Not only that she's supposed to move, but where to move. Do you think they rehearse hostage situations at home together? Uh, <laughs> not, not only does she have to hear all the stories, but they actually have to rehearse everything. <laughs> um, so that is one point right there where he shouts. And I assume it's supposed to be her name, which is Holly, but... I was purposefully listening to it, and it sounds like he's saying Allie. Like, that's that's the closest to Holly that it sounds like he's saying. I thought he said Allie. Sounds like Holly to me. Hmm. She does a good job, though, of reacting. She knows, she knows, um, I guess she's a little more street smart than we give her credit for. You know, she is a New York girl. I gotta defend my people here. No, she does, she does a good job. She's attentive, even though she looks at them like they're all crazy when they're laughing but uh but she's attentive like she's paying attention to what's going on she's wondering what john has up his sleeve well, but she doesn't have sleeves this would be a really bad time to daydream yeah i'm glad that she's attentive <laughs> well you know some some people might be kind of in a state of shock or something and you yell alley at them and they just stand there they don't know what to do these minutes break down pretty well i like that we get both shots in the one minute and we get to see eddie's face Maybe like a little freeze frame at the end of the minute. Yeah, I like the, um, it's pretty good timing with the the gag with the bullet through the pane of glass um, and Alan Rickman's um, movement. It's, it's pretty good timing with that gag. Yeah, I think that's pretty good. I think when I, when I, when I first watched it, it looked like the angle was really weird. Hmm. Like the, the, the glass uh, impact seemed like it was kind of high for where it goes through them. But it could just be, could be that Hans is standing up a level a little bit. And so uh, John is shooting up. So where, where does he actually get hit? Does he hit in the shoulder? Uh, his chest, I think, or, you know, yeah, maybe shoulder, but, but it's definitely lower than head. Oh, you're right. That does make the angle off. Never mind. This is garbage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Radke. <laughs> Alan Rickman's got quite the move, go, quite the dance move going on there. Just <laughs> <laughs> put some different music over it. And... Well, you know, if this were today, you'd make a boomerang over this. Speaking of dance moves, the, the minute uh, ends with uh, Brucey with his arms crisscrossed in a pretty uh, remarkable pose. Legs kind of akimbo and his arms, both his arms locked straight out, you know, crossed over each other. Yeah, I was trying to figure out what he was really doing with that. Maybe because he's a lefty, just his left arm was doing all the action, and his right arm just never really followed. There's no just time. Kind of There's no time. He has to shoot two guys. That's, no, that's right. You got to reroute your energy to the left arm, and the right arm just, just stuck. I thought maybe he was trying to use it as like a support, you know, for aiming, but he doesn't really. He doesn't aim. 
He just reacts. He just does. He does as only Bruce Willis <laughs> can do. I think I already mentioned it, but uh, it'd probably be good to say that going two minutes before our minutes, that he only had two bullets left. So these, these two bullets that he shoots are his last bullets. So he made the most use of them, except he could have shot Hans in the head, I guess. Well, how many, was he bluffing then with the the machine gun? Is that empty? I, I don't know that. And I wondered that myself. It could be, it very well could be empty. Although he just, he did knock somebody out in the hall and you would think that they would have a gun, but I don't know. Well, his plan is always to use this gun. I mean, he comes into this knowing that this is what he's going to do. Right. He figured, I guess he figures he's got to find a way to disarm them to some level. Just disarm, if not disarm them physically, disarm them emotionally. Disarm Hans emotionally. <laughs> <laughs> Oi. <laughs> With his shirt off? Is that what you mean? Or? <sighs> Tell you something. 80s Bruce Willis. Mmm. <laughs> yeah, let me let me ask you guys this. How many... How many bottles of baby oil do you think <laughs> went into this scene i don't know well you know he's got to make sure he's got to make sure that that tape sticks but not well enough that he can't get the gun so he's probably got to he's got to lube it up pretty good back there he's he's lubed up pretty much circumferentially yeah some of that some of that blood and we get to see more of that in the next minutes um some yeah close-ups but some of that blood is uh running running pretty uh pretty loose I don't know how he's walking around based on what I've seen of his feet, but he's managed to keep his uh, wristwatch. Though you can see, which uh, watches uh, figure into these minutes pretty largely. Um, but yeah, so he's—I would think I would let my watch go before I let my shoes go in any circumstance, really, unless I was if, on a beach, I guess. To come back to the shoe thing, the reason—the reason he had the shoes was he was changing in Holly's bathroom, I believe. That was why he didn't have the shoes has. originally. Well, that, that's all the fault of the guy at the very beginning of the movie that on the plane told him to, yeah, you know, to get acclimated to your new surroundings, take your shoes off, and curl your toes in the carpet. So it's all that guy's fault. I still feel like he gets a pair of shoes back at some point. <laughs> oh well. So we got two episodes down, and Dave. So this is all making sense to you now. You haven't seen the movie, but but you know what's going on. I mean, I understand the actions that are happening. The motives are baffling. Oh, it's pretty simple. He wants the money. He wants to save the girl. Did you, your first time watching these minutes, did you, well, I guess he says honey. So I guess you probably knew that they were a couple, at least, at some or something. Yeah, that was pretty uh, evident. Um, I mean, most of it, you know, it. Uh, you, I mean, I haven't seen the film but it's obviously a cultural touchstone. So, you know, I just like there's there's broad strokes are kind of have are just in my mind somehow, you know, just by being an American alive at this time, I guess. What do you think you know about the film that we haven't discussed? I thought, well, I'll tell you what I thought I knew about the film. I thought sure. Danny Glover was in this film. <laughs> Close. That's Lethal Weapon. <laughs> Never seen it. Uh, okay. <laughs> I actually like Lethal Weapon better. Or at least I, I said I did last time we had our minutes. Do you have any desire to watch this movie now that you've seen five minutes of it? You know, if you could guarantee me that Bruce Willis is barefoot through this entire film, I would go back and watch the whole thing. Would you settle for most of it? Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> I might have to just go back and, and be a, a shoe scout and see how much of this movie he is barefoot for. Well, we know he's not barefoot for 100% of the film because he takes his shoes off at the beginning. So, so he has to be he has to have them on to take them off. 
Mm. That's pretty much the only reason he has them on is to take them off. So is that like that? Uh, what's what's that uh, movie test that you do to see if you know if women have a true role? I keep uh, wanting to say the Burkhold test, but it's not. It's something close to that, but that's not it. So I wonder if there's a like a shoe version of that. So you know, do the shoes have any purpose besides being taken off? I don't know. <laughs> what do the shoes really mean here? I think that signifies the the ending for this minute. It does indeed signify the ending for this minute. I'm not sure if I still have the notes handy for how to get out of here. Oh yeah. If you want, if you want to hear more from um, from Jonathan and me in the past, um, check us out at the Princess Bride Minute. If you want to hear more. Jonathan and David in the future. UHF 62nd is the um, the place to be. And if you want to hear more from me, Thomas, and Jerry O'Brien, check us out at the X Minutes podcast. You can find out more about this podcast at Die Hard Minute on Facebook at Die Hard with a Podcast Listener's Limo. And on the big site, dieharbminute.com. And of course, if you'd like if you'd like to catch up on other movies by minutes podcasts like the Star Wars Minute, the Indiana Jones Minute, the Back to the Future Minute, and many, many more, visit moviesbyminutes.com for more information. Yippee ki yay! Moto Rafarar or something? <laughs> Tell me you got that. I got it, I got it. Hit your heart on Channel 5.